can be a bit like a freeway though. We're driving on the freeway and uh, and we can it can be really hectic and we can feel like our life is always in rush hour and uh, or we can follow a nice consistent and steady pace. It depends how your life is. And um, as we drive, drive along, I've discovered by trial and error that you need to make sure you're in the right lane. If you are not in the right lane, then you end up in the wrong place. You take the wrong turn, turn, you know, turn off to be in the right lane. The wrong lane, failing, failing to merge or being inattentive, and you can end up taking the wrong exit, miss your turn off or end up in a pile-up. One small turning point, one decision or missing your exit determines the outcome of your journey and your destination. Everybody knows that, some more than others. And life can be like that. That we, if we're not, um, you know, sometimes it doesn't seem significant at the time that we're in the wrong lane, does it? You just get on, get on to the, get on the freeway, and right, I'm just here. And if you're not familiar with that road, it won't seem significant that you're on the wrong lane until you're facing where you have to get off. And it can be like that in life: is that it's not significant when, when we look like we're going that it's not significant what lane we're in, what direction we're going in, until we're faced with we have to make a decision and we can't get to where we're meant to be going. And we realise that we've been travelling along in the wrong lane. And, um, you know, it sets in motion a series of events which can shape our life. If we've been travelling, if we get in the wrong lane, if we get in the wrong direction, if we're going in the wrong place and the wrong attitudes, it can set a chain of events off in our life of what we choose that will affect our lives and even our children and our grandchildren and our grandchildren's life. Um, And if I asked you, all of you, all how you came to know Jesus, you'd all probably tell me different stories of how it was just a choice that you decided to go here or your choice of you decided to go and sit down and talk to this person. And everybody has their own stories, but it's like you chose to get in that lane. You chose to go to that destination. Mum is a really good example. She was a 13-year-old who just, I don't know why you were just jumping on buses, but you just decided she was invited to get on this bus going somewhere and she just jumped on. And she ended up at a Billy Graham crusade and got saved as a 13-year-old. Now, she wasn't from a church background really and it changed her life. But it didn't just change her life. That choice she made just to get on that bus and go that day changed her life, my life, my children's life and my grandchildren's life because it's like it just it has an effect. You see, the choices we make do have eternal significance. They do have significance to what we choose to do and what lane we're travelling in and where we choose to go. It may seem insignificant at the time, but looking back, that choice that mum made that morning was a huge choice and significance for now. And you look through the generations and it's like, wow, look what God did just by that one choice. The one turning point changed her whole life. I chose to get a lift one night to church with my sister and her boyfriend. And Philip was driving. That one decision. (laughs) Philip was his boyfriend. (laughs) No, he was a single prinkle. He was driving and his brother and my sister were dating at the time and I said, would you like to come to church with us? And uh, Philip was the one driving and he walked in the door with his dimples and his tan and I went, ooh, ah. (laughs) 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 And, uh, you know, it changed changed my life, that decision to go that night because he came and picked me up and he was the one that, you know, 
I, I noticed. Yep, enough said. Many stories in life begin with seemingly insignificant decisions, but those decisions are the ones that can lead to relationships, opportunities and even our salvation story. Those decisions forever affect our lives, not to mention future generations. And it's something really to think about, especially as the new year approaches, is, is to think about the decisions we're making, the choices we're making, and to really seek God, because they do matter. You know, what may seem insignificant can set off a chain and a series of events that can lead to you fulfilling where God wants you to be or getting off on the wrong track. So everything does matter. Sometimes we can make unwise choices which aren't monumentous in themselves, but they can lead to tragedies. And I want you to turn in your Bibles with me to um, Genesis chapter 13. Because this is really a good example of, you know, we can think, oh yeah, it doesn't really matter, but it does. It's Genesis chapter 13. It's a story about Abram and Lot. Now Lot was Abraham's nephew and uh, he travelled out of Ur with Abraham. Abraham took some of his family and his livestock and um, Lot was Abraham's favourite nephew and he was really close to him. So he he heard the command that God gave Abraham. Abraham shared it with him. He was Abram at that time. And he decided he wanted to follow what God had spoken and go with Abraham. And uh, they became wealthy, their herds increased, um, and Abram gave um, a portion of what he had and, and um, you know, Lot had taken some with him too, I guess. And, um, but his choice as I'll read to you in a minute, actually teaches us a crucial lesson about life's choices and how significant they can be. They'd be, had too many herds and uh, they were quarrelling, the herdsmen of Lot and Abram, because there wasn't enough land to support all their flocks. So Abram gave Lot his choice of where to settle. And Lot surveyed the land and decided to move down to the lush Jordan Valley. And I'm going to read from verse 10. And Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as you go towards Zor. And then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and he journeyed east. And they separated from each other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward and westward, for all the land which you see I give to you and your descendants forever. And I make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land, through its length and its width, for I give it to you. And then Abram moved his tent and went and dwelt by the trees of Mamre. The choice of Lot choosing to go down, he looked out along at the plain and it all looked very fertile and lush and the choice he made to go down and camp near Sodom was actually the beginning of his downfall. It was a gradual steady decline. And I just want to point out to you, if you keep on reading in in that passage in the next couple of chapters, you'll see that first Lot looked towards Sodom. He made a choice, even though that was known that that city was full of inhabitants who were not God followers. They were quite wicked and depraved in how they led their lives. And if you ever read a bit of Sodom and Gomorrah, it's a bit ugh. Um, that he, but he looked towards there. 
he actually went, well, what's it like over there? Not really being concerned about who his neighbours will be or what influence they might have on him. That's, uh, and then he moved his tents near Sodom. And next you find him living in Sodom. And finally he is sitting in the gate of Sodom, at the city gate, talking to everybody and being one of the leaders in the city. So first he looked, then he moved closer, then he moved in, and then he became somebody prominent. See, our choices may seem like they're insignificant at the time, but if you get on the wrong road or you make choices that are not with God in the midst of them, then it can lead you to a steady decline of being in a place that God never intended you to be. God never intended that Lot should end up being in a place that would destroy almost his whole family. He never chose that he would be surrounded by people who were not God-fearing men and women. God's plan was much better for Lot. But Lot, he chose to look and go, there's no problem down there. It looks okay. It looks good. It looks lush. Let's go over there. Knowing even that Sodom was not a place that had great people in it that were doing great things. In contrast, you see that God spoke to Abram and said, lift up your eyes and look at the land that I am giving you. So it's not a problem to look. It's just we have to look where God wants us to look. He says, lift up your eyes and look and see. Look northward, westward, southward and eastward for the land which I give you is a good land. See, Lot lifted up his eyes too, but he lifted them up in what he wanted, in his own greed and his own desires. Whereas Abram, he looked with a heart to know what God had to say about his life. And that's a big difference. When we look at our life and we look at the choices that we're going to make in life, is it that we're looking with eyes that want to know what God is wanting us to look at and wanting to show us and lead us in? Or are we looking with the parts of our life that aren't surrendered to him? I want this. What about if I could just have that? It looks good over there and everybody else is doing it. See, it wasn't wrong to lift up your eyes. It's just that they looked in the wrong direction. And, and because Lot looked and he lusted really after what was down there, little bit by little bit he declined. He actually lost his life, his wife, <laughs> lost his life. He lost his happy life. <laughs> he lost his wife. He barely escaped with his own life and his two daughters. And the last we hear of him is that he's hiding in a cave where his daughters, who had been raised surrounded by the depravity and sinfulness of Sodom, encouraged him to become drunk and commit incest with him. The offspring conceived become the Moabites and the Ammonites, who were some of Israel's most consistent enemies. But it all began with Lot's choice to look down at Sodom to move his tents close to Sodom, then to move into Sodom, and then to sit in the city gate. It all began with that choice of he looked that way and lifted up his eyes. I know it sounds dramatic, but the choices we make and where we look do direct our steps. It makes a difference what we're looking at because it will steer us to where we're going. It makes a difference where we're looking and it makes a difference what lane, what route we choose, isn't it? So lots, actually, it teaches us a crucial lesson about life's choices. You know, a teenager can choose to ride with a friend who's been drinking and end up in a fatal accident. A girl decides to have a drink at a party, resulting in her letting down her inhibitions and she ends up meeting the wrong guy, getting pregnant and her life has changed. It was never the way that, you know, God 
wanted her to go. A young person chooses not to be diligent with their studies and ends up stuck in a job they hate. A couple choose not to spend time talking to one another and watch TV or ignore each other and end up breaking up. A guy doesn't learn to control his temper and goes out with his friends and gets in a fight and ends up in trouble with the law. Parents don't prioritise time with their kids when they're young and grow old and lonely. It actually does matter what we choose. Everything in our life is a reflection of the choices we have made. Some choices have significant eternal consequences, like we see in Lot's life, what we see in Mum's life. What you chose when you said, Jesus, I say yes to you, has got you to this point. It's often in the small decisions that can simply be choosing the wrong lane on the freeway and getting stuck going in a direction we never meant to go. We tend to think that being a Christian, that right, it's that one choice and that's it. And we're just on the right lane and everything and we're going to follow Jesus. And that is true. We need to, all of us, make that decision, I'm going to follow Jesus. But Lot chose to follow God's command. He just didn't follow through. You know, we all have the opportunity to make that once and for all commitment to God. Lot had done that. He'd left his family and friends and her to go with Abram to the promised land on God's command. Lot's problem, like many of us can fall into, was not following through, not walking step by step, allowing God to be our GPS and choosing to say no to the things of this world based on our relationship and our commitment to God. And when we don't choose and we don't keep on looking at Jesus, it's so easy to get off track. It's so easy for little bit by little bit you fall into decline. Little bit by little bit your marriage suffers because you don't do the things that God asks you to do. You know, I was talking to one of the girls this week and I was saying, they're saying, you know, can this relationship work? And I said, well, any relationship will work if Jesus is in the midst of it. If Jesus is the centre, no matter how different you may be, no matter what your past may be, no matter what hurts, if Jesus is the centre and you just, are, both of you are willing to do what he says, anything can work. It's when we get looking at ourselves and our own needs and our own desires, that's when it gets off kilter. And it's, you know, that's, that's the choices we make every day. Is who are we going to look at? Are we going to look at what we want? Or are we going to look at what God wants and choose what he wants for us? It's not bad to look and say, God, what is it you've got for me? It's just when we keep, look at what we want rather than he wants, we can get on the wrong, off on the wrong track. Fortunately, God is a great restorer. Even when we get, you know, we've got on the wrong lane or we've, or we've taken the wrong exit, he can restore us back. He can restore us and get us back on the right lane so we can start heading in the right direction. Yes, there still will be ramifications of some of the choices we've made and we've got to allow God to heal us of those and learn from them. You know, I always say, you know, nothing is ever goes to waste as long as we learn from it. Even when we've messed up, even when there's been disappointments and failures, it's not, nothing is ever wasted if we choose to let God show us and reveal things and learn from it. Even when we've messed up financially or we've messed up in relationships or even know that we've let God down, nothing is un- unredeemable if we allow God to work in it. He says that he'll work all things out together for good for those who are called according to his, his purpose, for those who love him. You know, 
It's not that everything works out for good for those who don't love him. When we love him, that's when he works things out for good. So there's great hope when we know him. We don't have to be like Lot and end up doing crazy stuff and, and wrecking the, you know, the, the, his family and losing his wife because he, you know, we, if we choose that we've gone and camped down near Sodom, we've co- taken the wrong route, we, all we've got to do is turn back and look at Jesus. And he will restore us and redeem us, rescue us, that means, and reconnect us. He's like, our, he just, he's just, think of him like your GPS. I don't think I'd be lost without my GPS on my phone. I've actually been known to get lost going off the roundabout and have to, you know, you get off the roundabout, you go, right, I'm going there. And then when I have to come back the other way, I'm like, now, which, which one did I do? I remember Anna was about five and it was before, you know, you had mobile phones with you. And I'm like, there is something definitely wrong with me. Which way? I've got, I haven't, didn't have the commutative quantity that you have, you know, in maths where, the, you know, but um, I, I couldn't get back on. So I need a GPS. I'm very thankful for my GPS. But I, even more so, I need my GPS in God, that he is my guide. He says that he will direct our steps. The key is not to think that we know a better route or that we know a shortcut how many times do you think God says one thing and you go, yeah, but this is a shortcut. I can get the same thing, God, if I just go this way and it's a shortcut because we don't want to do the hard yards. We don't want to just let it be a process. Or we think, no, no, this is, a, this is a better route, God. It's more scenic. I'll have more fun on this route. And he goes, yeah, but along that route is stuff that's going to lead you in the wrong way. The GPS only works when we listen to it, doesn't it? Otherwise, it goes reroute, reroute, <laughs> you know. And it's trying to get because it's trying to get us going. You know, we put in the destination. God shows us the destination, just like He did Abram. He said, "Lift up your eyes, look to the north, south, east, and west, and all this I'm giving you." God will show us the destination. That's why it's so important to dream and just let God speak into your heart. But then He will go. This is the route. This is the way. Follow my word. Listen to my voice. And I will show you the way. But too often we see the destination and we go, right, this is a quicker way. This is a better way. I'll have more fun that way. And we end up going round and round and round on the roundabout or going off the wrong exits and having to go back around because we don't follow the right route. God has a way. He has a process. And we've just got to listen to our GPS. And he will reroute us if we get off the wrong place. But it's, we, he won't be able to get us to the destination if we don't listen. If we don't listen. So the key is to not keep thinking we know a better route or shortcut because we will end up hitting a traffic jam or going in the complete wrong direction. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, I know many of you know it, but it's, it's real truth in these words. Underline it in your Bible. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That's you going, I know a better route. Don't lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And all your ways acknowledge him. That's in everywhere you go, every decision you make, every conversation you have, every decision you make as a family or as an individual. You know, acknowledge him in it. Say, God, is this what, you're, is this what you have for me? Does this fit with the direction and the plan and the dream that you have put in my heart? Is this the way you want me to go? Because when you acknowledge him then, and what you do, then he promises that he will direct your paths. You can bank on that. 
Sometimes when we haven't been listening, God will actually stop us in our tracks. He will make us pull over, stop the car and just sit and go, right, now, let's have a look where you've been going. And you'll look on your little screen, you'll go, oh, I've taken a wrong turn. And we've got to listen when God does that. And I know that it's not a fun spot when God makes you stop. But it's so you don't keep on going round and round and round in circles and getting stressed. I know, I, I, has anybody ever been on the wrong lane in the freeway, how stressful it can be? The, the exit's coming up and you're going, I'm going the wrong way. And you don't know where you're going when you get off that exit. It's stressful. Or is it just me? <laughs> yeah? Have you ever been in a city? I mean, London is crazy. I'm glad we didn't, you know, those roundabouts and things. You just think, how does anybody ever get anywhere in there? Or if you're in Florence, I'm allowed to mention Italiana. Florence, they have these moped riders and, and they're like flying around. And it's like they have to know where they're going. And sometimes you've just got to stop and get directions again. And that's why it's so important that we just take time out with God. If we never stop... And just rest in him and say, Lord, just reaffirm your direction. Just reaffirm these choices to me. Let me know that I'm going the right way. Just to check in with him constantly every day. God, is this the direction? Is this, am I, you know, on the right path here? Am I listening up to you with my relationships? Do I need to fix some things? Have I made some choices or ignored you? You know, it's all in his word what we're to do. But it's easy to, I don't want to do that now. And we wonder why things aren't going right. You know, his word is pretty clear. If you just do it. They're not burdensome, his commands. They're to bring life and hope. But sometimes we go, I don't want to do that right now. And we just keep on travelling along and things don't add up. Things don't go well. And it's because we haven't done the things back there. We haven't picked up fuel on the way. He lets us know where we have allowed ourselves to get off track or have chosen to follow after everyone else and we end up in the wrong lane. He reveals to us and reminds us of what he really wants for us in his life, what his plan is and the destination we're meant to be heading in. If you feel like you've been got on the wrong lane, if you feel like you might have got off the wrong track or anywhere in the future, just remember to stop. Allow God to get you back on the right track. Allow him to be your GPS. He won't lead you off in the wrong direction. He is flawless GPS. He sees all and everything. He's the author and finisher of our faith. And we can trust and rely on him to direct our paths. We've just got to stop sometimes and get off the side of the road. Yeah, God, just let me check my route. And ask his forgiveness when you know that you have been doing the driving and he's meant to be in the driving seat. Amen? Let's keep in the right lane, people. All right, Lord, we just want to thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you do lead us, you do guide us. And even in, in um, families and relationships, that you, you help us if we put you in the centre, Lord. And, uh, Lord, I pray that for each one of us, Lord, that you would put, we would put you, we'd make that decision right now to put you in the centre, to put you in the centre, that you would be our everything, Lord, because then you make everything work. And we bless you, Lord. We thank you. We, we just thank you that you do lead and direct our steps, Lord. And we ask your forgiveness where we have sat in the driver's seat too often not listening to you. And we ask for your grace, Lord, to help us to follow your directions more clearly. We don't want to make mess ups like Lot, but instead be like Abraham and inherit the land. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen.
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Dale Kinney, and you can also subscribe to my daily inspirational blog for more encouragement to live your best life. You'll find my blog on my website at dalekinney.com.